When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Coast to Coast Football Podcast, along with the Atlanta Falcons Podcast. I am Scott Kennedy. I'm in Atlanta, and this guy over here is Nick Kendall. He's in Seattle, so we are coast to coast. Kind of makes sense a little bit. And um, it is Wednesday morning, the final mock drafts. I guess there will probably be one more round of final mock drafts kicking out from some of the national media analysts coming out tomorrow morning. But a lot of them are done. A lot of them are Mm -hmm. they're calling their shots. There's a lot of intrigue in this draft i think nick i think this is a draft where there's more questions in the top 10 than than i can remember for a while i mean this all starts with the the quarterbacks right we i think we can say we know who's going number one yesterday was the whole reddit gate uh, going on with will levis but i think that was i think that was bs based on you know what i've heard from other people there but we'll see um we won't know until the pick is in but after that too it just gets totally off the wall are the texans going to go with a quarterback are they going to go with Will Anderson, are they going to go with Tyree Wilson? I mean, there's some Tyree Wilson smoke there. Does Tyree Wilson have medicals concerns? I mean, it's going to be a wild top 10 and honestly just a pretty wild uh, first round overall. It's not going to be like 2021 where you you know you go 12 picks deep and it's like, oh my God, this guy's incredible. This guy's incredible. This guy's incredible. Unfortunately uh, for Falcons fans out there, but a lot of interesting talent, a lot of uh, future starters and good players uh, that are going to be selected in this one. So, so you have a chance to sort through them and pick the best ones. I'm really curious to see how it, how it breaks down, especially um, where pick seven, eight happens. I feel like that's where a pivot is in the top of the draft. I feel like the pivot starts at two. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, like, that's the it's first like about the only thing we know that's going to happen is, is the Panthers are taking a quarterback. Yeah. You know that, yeah. that I feel pretty confident in saying, <laughs> Now, could they cross us up and, and not take Bryce Young? Okay, probably not. We, we all think it's probably going to be Bryce Young. But, you know, um, Frank Reich doesn't have a history of taking small quarterbacks. He likes the bigger quarterback. So, it, again, there could be a, a, a curveball right out the beginning. But, again, after quarterback, then Houston not going quarterback when they need one changes things dramatically. And because Houston's been talking about maybe we won't take a quarterback – it's hurt their ability to trade down to a certain extent. And it's also probably hurt Arizona's ability to trade down. Um, it's like, well, you know, I'm the, I'm, I'm the, uh, the Indianapolis Colts. I'll just stay here at four. I'm good. That mm-hmm. it's, it's really changed things a lot and, and made, you know, what I've been reading is there's just not a lot of teams that are clamoring to just move up. Um, they're willing to sit back and wait. Uh, we've been waiting for six months. It feels like, so we'll, we'll get into one of the final drafts I want to do is uh, uh, a good dude, Bucky Brooks. I got to work with him a little bit out when I was on California. He was a high school football coach out there, too, along with an NFL.com analyst and NFL Network analyst. I uh, want to go through his final mock draft because, again, it reflects – his final mock draft reflects a lot of the changes that we've seen over the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're talking about quarterbacks could go one, two, three, four – now we're not sure they go one, then what? Yeah, it's it's going to be chaos. Uh, 
who knows how it's going to play out. But I'm excited to get through this. I'd like to say hello to some people in the chat. Uh, obviously, uh, if you guys want us to get to your comment for sure, hit us with some super uh, superstars, super stickers. But can't say uh, can't ignore Alan here with that Georgia logo saying good morning. Ready for tomorrow? I think we're all ready for tomorrow, and uh, Georgia is going to be well represented. I'm really curious to see what happens with Jalen Carter. He's probably the most intriguing player in the upcoming draft class. Just to see. Most intriguing for me is Anthony Richardson just because of the freakish quarterback traits. Uh, but after that, it's probably Jalen Carter. So we'll see um, what happens with Jalen. Maybe he's there for the Falcons. Sounds like he doesn't get past six. I throw like. another one in there um, when we talk about as far as the uber athletic type or the super is, is B. John Robinson. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk about top prospects, Jalen Carter's there. And then Anthony Richardson it becomes real interesting as a player who gets taken. He'll be he'll be someone whose career is real interesting to follow. And then running back Bijan Robinson, who might be the best player in the damn draft. Mm-hmm. So you know what? It'll be a good testing case. It's not that strong at the top of the draft, and you've got one of the best running backs to come out in a while. How far has the running back position fallen? Because this guy's top five, no doubt. Top three, probably twenty years ago. Um, now how far does he fall in a draft that's not considered that strong at the top? That'll be really interesting to see. Bucky's got an idea on that. Falcons fans, if there's any polarization among Falcons fans right now, it's Bijan Robinson. And we'll get into that one too. Michael Ranquillo, we missed you the other day. Michael, you said he was busy at work. Well, good. Busy is good. Um, says, good morning, Scott and Nick. Glad you're here. Kevin F coming in on YouTube says, good morning, guys. Good morning to you as well. Roderick Cook coming in from the UK says, afternoon all. I can't remember coming into a draft feeling so relaxed about the Falcons. So this is what it's like to be a fan of a competitive team. Who knew? And that's kind of what I've been saying the last couple of weeks is I can make an argument for any player, uh, at least any position that would fit and that would be needed to have a good player thrown into the Atlanta Falcons roster and would be usable. Now, I have been against that in the last couple of years saying pass catchers weren't necessarily the best use of resources because your offensive line was in shambles, your quarterback position was in transition, and your defense was just horrendous. Hmm. If you can't block or you know protect the passer, you can't stop anybody, what the hell good is a pass catcher going to do? But those guys were exceedingly young, and you know uh, Kyle Pitts is just 22 years old still, but you've burned through two years of his contract. That's part of the problem with his cost control. Um, you still have some questions at quarterback, but we will see. We will see. But this year feels different. You, it, yeah. it, I feel like you, you're really going to have a hard time screwing up this pick at eight. <laughs> yeah, and just a little bit of hindsight on this one. Maybe we can be a little bit nicer to the uh, general manager and the Falcons for taking the pass catchers. I mean, this is a really good tight end class, but Kyle Pitts is still different. I know we haven't seen it for statistically speaking, but still an absolute unbelievable freak. And then this year, Drake London would be a top 10 pick without a doubt, in my opinion. I mean, the wide receivers, there's they're horrible at the top this year. You I mean, best wide receiver on the free agency market was Jacoby Myers. I mean, the fact that you obviously it's with hindsight and knowledge we have now, but the fact that you have him in your pockets, pretty damn nice. In hindsight, Justin Fields would probably go number one overall over Trevor Lawrence. No, 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 no. In this draft. Oh, oh in this one. Yes. Yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. In this draft. Yeah. 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 So. You know, when we talk about getting your quarterback, yeah. quarterbacks are expensive. Yes. Um, and they don't come around that often. So it's mm-hmm. it's in high there's lots of hindsight to do. We yeah. had there was a good hindsight article, a redraft coming in, and 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 I, I was actually pretty 
I wasn't harsh on the Falcons for taking because especially like the two days before the draft, it came, it started leaking out that Julio Jones wanted out. I'm like, okay, now Kyle Pitts is starting to make some sense. Yeah. You, you, you're going to have a long-term replacement for Julio Jones. Okay. That makes some sense to me. And I'm talking um, a little bit more Drake London than Kyle Pitts, honestly, with the, the hindsight at the wide receiver, but yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and, and it wasn't there. There wasn't a no doubter type of pick last year at that spot. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't as against Drake London as I was against Kyle Pitts at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, I wanted Kyle Hamilton, but safety, non-premium position, really good player. But you know, it's it, for me, it was more about the leadership on defense and how bad the defense has been. But they've made up for that. They weren't competing for championships last year anyway. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Jeremy Shaw says, "Morning, fellas." Call in to work with a severe case of draft fever. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about doing that myself. So um, I will be going to a softball game at 5.30 and then back home about 7.30. And we'll strap in tomorrow for the draft. Nick and I will be right here tomorrow at 8 o'clock p.m. We'll be here tomorrow morning, too, at mm-hmm. 9 a.m. And then we will also be back on on uh, for the draft for the first 10 picks. So maybe the first 90 minutes or so. Um, Nick and I will be here on this channel uh, on these channels for uh, for the top 10 of the picks live tomorrow night. So looking forward to it. Tyler Eccles says, I hear and see big draft day trades for multiple teams based on the offseason so far and Terry's history of trading late picks. I think the best moves are coming. Um, first, once uh, either edge cornerback or Bijan Robinson. And the second, you're looking for edge linebacker cornerback and the third offensive lineman. I think you're in pretty good hands there. I, I'll, I'll be pretty surprised. Well, there could there you still could go offensive line at eight. I'm I'm more pro offensive line than I thought I would be at this point, uh, especially with what the Falcons did in the draft. It depends on how the board falls, but I'm looking at this Bucky Brook mo- Bucky Brooks mock uh, we're going to get into here, and I'm like, the best player for me would be an offensive lineman. Uh, I just I don't know if especially if the first seven fall the way they did. I think the conversation that those are the best non-quarterback prospects are off the board there. So will be interesting. Um, I would add offensive line still to this as well. I know there's been some, <laughs> this has been some interesting talk about uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think the Falcons had him in for a visit as well. Uh, so that would be wild to have them take three pass catchers three years in a row. But uh, the, the premium, you, you want to score points, right? That's what the league is about now, getting explosives and scoring points, especially if you can spend on defense. But you know, uh, I think, Nick, I'm here for the Falcons doing that just to hear the national pundits just troll Desmond Ritter for another couple of months. You know, if if Desmond Ritter is not the most disrespected guy in the NFL right now, I don't know who is because it's like nothing else the Falcons have done has mattered because you don't have a quarterback. You just took three pass catchers in a row and you didn't want Lamar Jackson. Oh, my God. You know, it's it would be be kind of hey, maybe Desmond Ritter is pretty good. You know, maybe won't be any excuses for him yeah. that's for sure to not get it done maybe, so maybe, maybe that Ritter guy is, is going to be an okay quarterback let's give let's give him a shot Albert Knoppers good morning hey, he's coming over on Facebook good morning Albert appreciate you being here Kevin Mapp as well good morning guys good morning to you Denver Luke coming in good morning Scott and Nick can't wait for tomorrow should be a good day and Kevin says Terry Fondo had a pre-draft uh, conference yesterday he says it sounds like he was leaning towards trading back in his presser open to it definitely sounded more open to it than the last couple of years but Maybe, again, I, I've always wanted to know the answer to the question 
people ask me, Scott, how do you think your new general manager is doing? I'm like, I want to know what he was offered for number four a couple of years ago. I want to know um, because the deal that the Dolphins got would have been a dream. It would have just for a team that was rebuilding and needed, you know, in, in that draft to be able to get three first round draft picks out of it would have been a dream. Um, but once those three quarterbacks were gone, what what was offered? I actually, I actually might have even taken the deal that the Giants got from the Bears at number four to let them move up to take Justin Fields at number four. Um, but I was about big, big time trading down this year. And I, I tell you what, Kevin, when we look at the draft, when I get into the 40 to 50 range, I start kind of doing this and rubbing my hands together. It's like, that's where I want like five players. At the top, I've got more questions. And maybe mm -hmm. it's the risk reward factor of using a high pick where you feel like you have to get it right. But when we start getting into that, into the, into the high second round, Nick, there's a ton of guys mm -hmm. that I would take. Yeah, that's an interesting class. I think you have a lot of picks, and especially in that round two. A lot of guys who aren't that different from pick 16. You know, like it's a huge conglomerate of those guys. And also talking about trading back, you know, I'm always, I'm a huge advocate. And this is because I get to sit in my cuppy seat, you know, a uh, comfy seat underneath a blanket here without my job on the line, but trading for future draft capital because it always comes with interest. Uh, so like you trade a two, th two this year and you get a one next year, that kind of thing. So if you trade back, you know, 10 spots and you get a 2024 20, second and pick, you know, 20 overall or something, maybe even a, a fourth rounder this year on top of that. Throwing a fourth round sweetener. Yeah. And then guess what? If Desmond Ritter doesn't work out next year, you have one and two twos where you can make an aggressive offer. Maybe it's a one, a 2025 one and two twos to move up into the top two and get Drake may or something. If Desmond Ritter doesn't work out. So I'm always about trading back. If you can get that future draft capital, the Broncos last year, I think they had picked 96 overall and they traded that to the, so that was a late third and they traded that to the Colts for a fifth rounder and a 2023 third and that third is the fifth best sixth best pick in the third round this year and you gave up a late third and you got a fifth on top of it so i'm always uh okay with trading for future draft capital uh if that's on the table so we'll chris see. walker coming on facebook he says good morning guys this is one of the more interesting and unpredictable drafts we've had in recent memory i'm interested in seeing who throws the biggest curveball with their pick absolutely you've got the questions at quarterback which is going to make things interesting you've got jalen carter out there who could go as high as number two overall or fall, you know, they could Warren Sapp this guy and he falls into the twenties. I don't think that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, he, he is a wild card in there. You've got Anthony Richardson, maybe the most physically gifted quarterback to ever come into this league. That's not hyperbole. That's a very strong argument. Uh, I did see someone say much better athlete than Cam Newton. No, 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 not much better. He might be a better athlete, you're selling Cam Newton short. <laughs> Cam Newton was six foot six, two hundred and forty pounds, running in the four fours, and a basketball player, and all that stuff. You're you're selling Cam Newton a little short if you think he was a much better athlete. That was in one of the ESPN Roundup articles this morning. I'm like, you're 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 selling Cam short. Cam was he was Superman for a reason. That that was there was never a question about his athleticism. Keith Robbins saying good morning. Good morning, Keith. Um, let me see. Michael Rancio coming in with some news. The Vikings have contacted the Texans and Cardinals for the second or third pick in the first round of the NFL draft. I think the tech, the, uh, the Titans will probably be on the phone as well. Uh, Symphony, Symphony, Cynthia, Fre I don't know how to pronounce her name. I've never Freuland. heard of it. Froyland. Okay. Froyland 
put out a four win-win trades that would make sense. And she included the Falcons in there trading up to the number two spot or the number three spot to get the number two quarterback. And it was a first, second, third. So number eight, number 44 and a third. And then next year, uh, a throw in like another third next year to move up. And I was like, absolutely not. That is not a win-win. No way. No how. It just not right now. There's too many questions around these quarterbacks to give up that much. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I won't be surprised at all if there is a trade for two or three, Michael. Um, yeah. And there's several teams that are looking at it. Joe Candace is great morning, Scott and Nick. Draft days tomorrow. I'm feeling good. Um, hope you hope you'll be able to join us tomorrow, guys. Um, hope y'all appreciate you'll you'll be here. Um, let me see here. Kevin says, why do we keep playing playing down Pitt's first season? It was considered everything was going on with the team. Um, and and, and I, I heard that that kind of ticked me a little bit when when Nick said something about the the statistics and a lot of that was because he set a, a, a Falcons record. He was second second all time in tight end reception yardage in the NFL. Um, a lot of that may have had to do with he never got in the end zone. Uh, I think he had one. What do you have? One, maybe two touchdowns. And then the injuries. Couple that over a two-year span and mix them in with some of the other players that were drafted after him, Jamar Chase, for example, and it doesn't stack up. Um, it does. He, he comes in behind it because of the injury in the team. And frankly, he wasn't going to be able to use very well to help this team win games. It just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't the right now pick. That was that was, and that was one of the things that bothered me the most, Kevin, when they were doing it was, was oh the Falcons are really going for it. This is a win now pick. I mean, you guys are out of your freaking mind. Don't don't tell me when now when you can't when your offensive line is a shambles, your defense is a joke. That this is a win now pick. It yeah. ain't. No, I mean in hindsight. You probably take Micah Parsons there, Patrick Sertan, Jamar Chase, but uh, Pitts is exceedingly young, and we'll see how it plays out. He's still a very unique talent, uh, without a doubt. So we'll see. And we also got Kevin Mapp coming in saying, Richardson quit forgetting what he didn't do on the field, just saying it's such a small sample size, and the high-end traits are there. It's But he was erratic, no doubt. He was bad. <laughs> I mean, there was flash plays on there, but again, for a guy... I haven't talked to an SEC college football fan that says, oh, yeah, man, I'd hate to be facing Richardson or Will Levis. They're all shocked. They're just shocked that these I guys, just, and I get it, it's about it's a team game, but that still should make you nervous. It really should make you nervous when it's like this guy, you know, we, we played against this guy a couple of years and different teams, Florida, Georgia, I've got fans across all SEC. None of them can 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 get the idea that that <clears throat> Will Levis and Anthony Richardson could be top five picks. None. And I'm just going to come out, and I hate this is such low-hanging fruit, and I could end up being incredibly wrong on this with Kevin Mapp being right, but I was live in attendance to watch Josh Allen play in Iowa City, and he looked like an undraftable player. Missing guys. I mean, there was just standing there in the pocket as it crunched on him. He had nowhere to go with the ball. And then I go back and watch that game again. Wyoming receivers are running the same routes in the same area. Guys getting blown up. Uh, this was not a very good Florida team this year, specifically at the pass catcher. I mean, he's throwing balls in there and it's just bouncing off guys' hands and they're wide open uh, and running the same route. It was it was ugly there. So I really wanted Richardson to return for another year. Um, I think the biggest issue for me is the small sample size. Can he correct some of those things? I like to have, you know, stack a couple years on there so that way you can see like, okay, this was a problem. 
this has been proved. That means I believe in the trajectory there, the coaching there, that he knows what he's doing to get better in those areas. Uh, but again, I just a f- personal philosophy for me. If you have the height, weights and height, weight and speed and the arm talent, everything that he has, if I interview you or I talk to people around you and I found out that you have it up here as well as in here, and I'm point, pointing at my head, my chest here, that's a guy I'm going to take a risk on. And quarterback is always risky. I mean, yep. I remember, again, coming back to the 2018 draft, who was the safest quarterback in that draft class? Josh Rosen. He's extremely intelligent. You know, he's a plays in the pocket. He's really accurate. He, one of the worst quarterbacks in the last decade uh, drafted there. Who's the risky one? Josh Allen, you know, couldn't hit the broad side of the barn. So uh, quarter, it's every pick is a risk anyway. I'm going for the fences on that. And just real quick, Anthony Richardson. So we talk about him being Cam Newton a lot. Can you guess who is number one? I, I know you love these games, Scott. Can you guess who his number one comparison is on mock draftable for his athleticism and body type? Kyle Pitts for me. <laughs> uh, for, for a quarterback position. Oh, I mean, Cam Newton's the easy one. That's not his number one. That's his number two. Number one. This is a name. This is a little blast back from the past, but one that I was like, okay, I see it. Uh, Dante Culpepper. Uh, you know, I was waiting to say this about Dante Culpepper. That's the guy who I was going to talk about. Dante couldn't run like that. He, he he didn't run. Dante was a pocket passer who had some some mobility. And I was about to say, that's who I was waiting to say, because I went to see, uh, he was in college the same time I was. Mm. And when Dante Culpepper walked on the field with UCF, he was the biggest guy on their team and he was the best player on the field. And it really didn't matter who they were playing. And every, and the thing is, everybody knew it. That's the difference right now. That's, that's one of the big differences for me is, is it's, it is risky. It's absolutely risky, but the reward for these guys with these traits that that Will Levis and and Anthony Richardson have, it'll make it worth it. If you miss, you miss. Now, would I want to trade up three picks, you know, three first rounders like Trey Lance? That was moronic, in my opinion. That was moronic. I said so at the time. That was moronic. Passing over Justin Fields for Zach Wilson was a mistake. That wasn't necessarily moronic, um, but would I want to give up three picks for someone like Richardson or Levis and trade up to get one of those guys? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Um, if I'm sitting there in the top five right now, top 10, and they're there and I take them, okay. It's risky, but you know, missing on a first rounder is not going to just kill your team. So yeah. uh, should be, uh, should be, again, we're talking about the intrigue of this draft and there's yeah. so much in it. That even after the draft, there's gonna be some players I can't wait to watch. Is Jalen? What's Jalen Carter gonna do? What's Anthony Richardson gonna do? Is C.J. Stroud sliding and why? All of those type of things. Um, and Ryan Adon says, "Hey, if you have a dome, Richardson can hit the roof. It's the only throw he feels comfortable making. Richardson is terrible. Um, we'll we'll see. Again, there's it's it's super high risk. And if you if I lined him up at wide receiver." He'd be the most athletic wide receiver on your team immediately. It's like this is an NFL guy, one way or another. Put him yeah, in. Mean, <laughs> his top two uh, just overall athletic comparisons um, for his height, weight, speed, athletic testing. Number one, Jonathan Mingo, the almost the exact same tester as Jonathan Mingo, is considered one of the best athletes at wide receiver in this class. And his number uh, two, and, and, and Richardson's bigger. Richardson is bigger. You know who his number two is for athletic testing uh, comparison? Khalil in this Mack. Class? No, in all time, Khalil Mack. Oh, I was at Jadavian Clowney. Yeah, not he's not as tall as, but uh, but Cleo Mack, the size and the jumping and everything, he looks like Cleo Mack. So we'll see. That's all, probably enough Richardson. I know that uh, Ryan Adonis <laughs> and uh, our guy uh, Kevin Mapp, not big fans. Again, if he has it in between the ears and he has it in the chest cavity, that's philosophically the guy that I would take a chance on 
Uh, and if you miss, you miss on quarterbacks all the time anyways. Let me at least swing for the bleeping fences. I believe it's a home run derby at the quarterback position. Yeah, you know who's not missing? Mark Schrader's coming in. He's hitting and uh, helping keep the lights on, helping keep my forehead nice and shiny. Mark, thank you so much for the support coming in this morning. Uh, it really helps us a lot. Um, and just a reminder, whether you're on YouTube or Facebook, both are set up for Super Chats and Stars. So, uh, Mark, getting us started. And again, can't thank you enough for doing for for coming in and supporting the show like that. It is. It's a huge help for what we do and helps us do more. It, it absolutely mm -hmm. does. It helps us do more, Mark. So thank you very much. Now, I want to get into uh, to Bucky Brooks, his uh, his first round mock draft. Nick and I have done a ton of them, and we can talk about some of the players we might take here. Um, and we'll probably do one more tomorrow morning. <laughs> so I wanted to kind of talk about someone else's today, and Bucky's was uh, one of the latest ones to do. But he, there's no surprise at the top, the Carolina Panthers, he's got Bryce Young going number one overall. Then it starts to get a little interesting. The Houston Texans throw a change up, and they don't go quarterback, which I'll still be, I'll still be a little surprised, Nick, if they yeah. pass on the quarterback position. Though, you know, how good has Davis Mills been? You know, if I take, if I just watch him and say, I know I can look at the numbers, but that's a bad team. They're, they're a, they were a bad football team. Is Davis Mills, is he going to be a, a serviceable NFL quarterback if I get him some help? And if so, maybe I get the best player I can right now. And then maybe I can get a quarterback next year if it doesn't work out. It's always next year with that kind of thing. Maybe they're going to be poor again next season. I saw John Mechie's out there working out again, so hoping that he's uh, healthy and good. Liked him a lot of coming out of Alabama last season. But uh, Davis Mills struggled a lot last year. Offensive line. I think the offensive line for Houston isn't horrible, um, but they're not great. But it's the the weapons. I mean, they have nobodies <laughs> at a pass catcher right now. So maybe you could have that conversation. I know there's been some smoke about Will Levis uh, to the Texans as well. I know that... Uh, you had Rick Scangarello uh, out there as the offensive coordinator for Kentucky, who is a worked underneath Kyle Shanahan. Now you have the 49ers offensive scheme going over to Houston with Bobby Slowick as the offensive coordinator there. So maybe there's a little bit of interest with uh, what happens with Will Levis, who knows at the quarterback spot. But I think the more intriguing thing here is not that they're not going quarterback. I think that shock has started to uh, lose its luster a little bit. Not a shocking because we've seen it enough, but going Tyree Wilson at number two over Will Anderson, the edge rusher from Texas tech. Absolutely incredible. Uh, athlete there, massive, uh, had a really good year at Texas Tech. There haven't been many good defensive linemen come out of the Big 12 over the last decade or so. It's been much more of a finesse offensive league. Also, one thing about uh, Ty Wilson, well, he's massive and uh, long and everything, and I mean, incredible power wingspan. He's an alien out there, a guy that I typically love. I don't love watching him, that he's typically the last guy off the ball. I don't know if that's something you can work on with him or if he's just Should always going to be more of a yeah. glacial pace kind of guy with the strength and overwhelming. Um, he's not your typical, you know, bendy twitch guy, uh, without a doubt. And I, again, that, that get off is not incredible. Um, I don't think he's the same level athlete as like Trevon Walker last year, but he's a better football player right now than what Trevon Walker was last season. So I wouldn't be shocked at all. If he's number two overall, he's a unique player, a unique specimen. And one of the more first guy off the bus types in this entire draft class. Yeah. I don't know if. If J.J. Watt is a decent comparison for him, I saw J.J. play live. Um, mm -hmm. One of the few college games I've gone to in person in a while. I was like, okay, that's a dude. <laughs> um, it was Michigan, Wisconsin at the big house. My cousin was getting married, had a lot of fun. And 
you know, I just think, you know, an end who's got the size that he does is that's that's someone that I'm very intrigued in. And and Brandon comes in. He's Brandon's an agent of chaos here. He's talking about uh, what if the draft board plays out where the Texans trade down to the Colts. The Colts take CJ, and at number three, the Cards get Will Anderson. The Texans still go quarterback and take Anthony Richardson at four, and the Falcons trade up to six and get Wilson. Could this happen? It could. It could. Um, Let's see. Who are we missing in there, though? We're missing three. Cards get Anderson, four. And then five. So what's five doing? You have to worry about what the Seahawks are doing. Does does Wilson get past them at five? Um, and then at six, you know that you're talking about a trade up. So you'd worry about five. I don't know Tyree Wilson's getting out of the top five. Jalen Carter's a wild card there. I'm really curious what the Seahawks would do if they have a chance at Jalen Carter and Tyree Wilson uh, because they are they could use both those guys. Yeah. Um, so well, Who couldn't? I mean, really? Yeah. Maybe I mean, the, when you're talking yeah. about, you know, <laughs> Uh, an alpha edge or a, you know, one of the best, ta- most talented defensive line, interior defensive linemen in years. I can find a spot for this guy on my team. I don't care who you yeah. are. Yeah. So it will be um, uh, interesting. I just trading up is going to be super expensive. And I guess there is a point of uh, like we were talking about earlier, the way this Bucky Brooks mock drafts that draft uh, sets up. It's like, man, all the positional players I went before are guys that I probably would have taken over who they end up going with um, in the uh, for the Falcons. So maybe it is worth it to trade up there. I think you're probably better set up to trade back and reset the board there. But uh, that's just me being a s- analytics nerd. Uh, that's you always win trade backs versus trades up. I'd love to come down. I, I would. I'd love to come down into the teens. There's there's really good options in the teens and to pick up an extra high pick, second pick, maybe even you know get somebody that is get somebody who's already in the in the late first round who thinks they're going for a championship and they think their pick's going to be a 30 next year maybe you can get another first out of it i i would prefer i would prefer to move down honestly on this but we'll see um we'll see it's a good a very good question um so uh Tyree Wilson goes and then Arizona at number 3 they do take Will Anderson and if they're sitting there and they've got their pick of Will Anderson, and, and it's just kind of where they thought they were going to be originally, was we're going to get our pick of Will Anderson, Tyree, uh, Tyree Wilson, and Jalen Carter uh, because quarterbacks are going one and two. Well, all right, well, I've got my choice of Will Anderson and Jalen Carter still. I'm pretty happy. I think they'd be pretty happy taking Will Anderson. It's got to be a trade down. Uh, this is a horrible Cardinals team. Buda Baker wants out. I saw that yesterday. Kyler Murray wants Paris Johnson Jr. Listen, Kyler, I don't give a hoot what you want. I guess you're watching film now, huh? But uh, that's one where this is a dreadful, god-awful team, and they are racing for a top pick next season. I mean, Kyler Murray is probably not even going to play. Trade down. This is going to be a punt season and get as much assets as you possibly can because you're going to need them for reshaping and rebuilding this roster. I, just, I Will Anderson would have to be Von Miller. For, for it to maybe not be worth a trade down. And maybe he is. Mm-hmm. I don't think he has the bend of Von Miller. I think he's a much more linear player, uh, but he's incredible, versatile power player um, despite his size. I think he's more of a, he's, he's more Cleo Mack than he is Von Miller. Uh, but that's a uh, second time bringing up Cleo Mack today. Good player. But uh, he's the one that, uh, I think he's very good. I don't think he's that no doubt, you know, first uh, overall edge rusher, extremely talented, but he's just missing that flexibility bend trait compared to the elite of the elites. Going to be great player. Going to be awesome. I think I'd rather trade back here, especially with all three uh, quarterbacks 
or all three of the top four quarterbacks still available. You're just where you're at as a team trade back. Again, the trade back feels pretty good, but I, I would not be unhappy as an Arizona Cardinals fan. If I came yeah. out of this with Will Anderson at all, you know, we yeah. talked about him being number one last year, yep. you know, um, pretty one of the, one of the better prospects in the last two drafts, which by being patient, GM Chris Ballard and the Indianapolis Colts are sitting there now and they have their pick of the next three quarterbacks. If it shakes out like this, there was talk. They were the soup du jour for a long time. So like of the month, I don't know what of uh, what the month is. So soup day month <laughs> to move up to number one and try and get their choice of quarterbacks by sitting at four. They may be able to get the number two quarterback, which would be a terrific move for Ballard and the Colts. They could come back a little bit. They they still could. If they say, we don't like this guy, maybe we come out of this spot and then we trade back up into the first or we maybe overpay a little bit to get Hendon Hooker. That's a possibility. I think it's a remote possibility, but it is a possibility. Um, now, with those quarterbacks on the board, the talk of the town is that they love Will Levis. That's their guy. But it was because they thought C.J. Stroud was going to be gone. Because Bucky has them taking C.J. Stroud where everybody else says Will Levis right now. And maybe it's Anthony Richardson. God, I hate to be that guy banging the drum, but with what they did with, with uh, what Shane Steichen did with uh, the likes of Jalen uh, Hurts last season, the last two seasons, maybe it is. I, Lord only knows. Seems like the, all the buzz right now is that C.J. Stroud is the most likely to fall out of the top 10. I think only once in the history of the draft there's been a quarter, four quarterbacks taken in the top 10, so we'll see if that happens. But C.J. Stroud here, I... He's my quarterback too. He has been, although sorry, guys in the chat, but maybe Richardson be pushing it. But Levis, I mean, there's a lot of smoke for Levis. Why Levis? Um, he was out there actually doing like the verbiage and getting mindset of an NFL offense. Uh, this last season, he was on a dreadful Kentucky team when it comes to the uh, pass catchers out there and the offensive line, not very good as well. They had a bunch of guys uh, graduate and uh, be drafted in the 2022 NFL draft. So Maybe it is Levis, but the Colts sitting here with only one quarterback off the board. This is ideal. I don't think this is going to be reality when they are on the clock. Maybe the Colts are the team that end up trading up. Maybe they have trade back because who they like is gone. But uh, CJ Stroud here, it makes sense. It is. And I also think that due to Shane Steichen's ability to morph his offense to his quarterback, uh, I mean, from Gardner Minshew to Jalen Hurts, you know, out there that uh, they could go any which way and it would make sense. Seattle Seahawks, they are on the clock at five, and Bucky Brooks has them taking cornerback Christian Gonzalez. Now, there's some talk here with Richardson and Levis still available that they might actually get their quarterback of the future. Now, I've maintained that with the age of their head coach, with the small contract, it's basically a one-year commitment to Geno Smith, that they want to go for it. Now, that one-year commitment to Geno Smith might also contradict myself by saying, hey, well, that means you're going to need a quarterback of the future, Scott. Okay, yeah, maybe. I get that. I get that argument as well. But I still think that they're going to want to get the, the player, the prospect available, has long-term, all these guys you're, you're picking for the next 10 years, but can also help their team the most win next year. They had a very surprising run to a lot of people last year and, and outdid what people were thinking. Now they're going to come into the 2023 season as legitimate playoff contenders. Who can we get that can help us win now? They hit a home run with Tyreek Woolen last year. Bucky Brooks has them going with Christian Gonzalez to add another real legion of boom. I don't, you know, it's more like no fly zone, but 
to really solidify that secondary for a decade and next year. It's certainly possible. I just, is that the Pete Carroll mold? I feel like they typically think they can find cornerbacks later on in the draft. I mean, they kind of proved it with Tyreek Woolen last season where they turn around and take one in the top five this year possible. Um, but for me in this one, I just, I think this lines up for uh, Jalen Carter being their guy there. Their defensive line was terrible last year and they could get a Darius rush. They could get a Julius Brents. They could get a Corey Trice later in the draft and still add that size and ability at the cornerback position, but you're not going to find those premium defensive linemen or maybe even offensive linemen. Um, maybe this is early Skronsky or quarterback. I mean, God, who knows? Uh, but I don't, I just don't see it with cornerback with the Seahawks here. I, Christian Gonzalez is worth the pick, but just from the identity of the team and their past history of drafting, I don't know if that happens. Yeah, this seems a shade high for me as well um, for for Christian Gonzalez. We'll see. But I, I think what happens, though, is how it could play out is the Detroit Lions in Bucky Brooks's mock draft, they take Jalen Carter. So if you're looking... 7 through 10, I do think there's a pretty good chance that it could go Carter-Gonzalez on those two spots. But I might flip the order. I might flip the order and say Jalen Carter to the Seahawks and Christian Gonzalez to the Detroit Lions. Um, Detroit Lions getting Jalen Carter. They've had good luck with Georgia players. Matthew Stafford for for one. Calvin Johnson, Georgia Tech, but a Georgia kid uh, for another one. Um, I I I still think this would be a good pick. I, I... I know there's concerns, but obviously they're not that big of concerns because I don't think Jalen Carter falls out of the top 10. Yeah, it's he doesn't fall out of the top six, I don't think. Based, I mean, the Seahawks, the Lions have been a lot of work on him. I just, I don't see it. So that goes to number seven, and he's got the Raiders. Bucky Brooks has the Raiders taking cornerback Devin Witherspoon. With the seventh overall pick, super physical. That's one of the things I like about this guy is he's going to come up and hit you. Um, when you watch the Atlanta Falcons, A.J. Terrell, I think one of the most underrated aspects of his game is his – he actually scares me a little bit. I'm like, dude, you're going to knock yourself out and you're going to get a concussion and have to sit out several games. <laughs> Dial it back a notch, brother. Um, Devin Witherspoon comes up and he plays the run like that too. He's super physical. Um, number seven, I, I think he's a, a prospect who's been on the rise – over the last couple of weeks. And I've seen a quote saying, I'm not sure who it was, maybe Daniel Jeremiah or Lance Zerline or somebody, but saying guys that the NFL is higher on than the mocks are. And Devin Witherspoon was his number one guy. He says, this guy could go as high as three, as high as the top in the top five um, for the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. He's tenacious. He can play man or zone. Uh, inside, outside as well, press coverage, off coverage. is I don't think he's as good of a pure man cornerback upside uh, as Christian Gonzalez. I don't think he is the same level of athlete as Christian Gonzalez is, but a guy who brings tenacity, uh, just kind of a, a tone setter for your entire defense, not to be too cliche about it, but like he, you know where he is on the field because he's going to let you know um, with the physicality as well as uh, the drawing out there. Um, one of the all-time, uh, one of the best uh, trash talkers in this draft class. So he's a fun one. I wouldn't be shocked at all. If he goes that high, he tested. Okay. Um, he's good enough. He's not an elite athlete, height, weight, speed kind of guy, which for the cornerback position. And sometimes it's like, ah, I do want those freak athletes at corner, but very good player, really high ceiling. Um, 
And I just, again, I love, especially in today's, you know, nickel sub package based defenses, you need your cornerbacks and your secondary guys to be able to freaking tackle and like want to tackle because you're not, you're going to be playing in space and having to tackle some guys in space. And I'm not super worried about that uh, with Weatherspoon. So interesting player. I think if he was there for this next pick, that would be the guy that I would probably point towards as well. Uh, but alas, uh, the, you know, Carter, Tyree, both cornerbacks and Anderson are all gone. And that, then, then it's tough uh, for the Falcons. Yeah. Those five guys go in the top seven. The Falcons want quarterbacks to go early. Mm-hmm. They, they should be talking about we're we're taking a quarterback. That's what they should be out there doing and trying to, trying to scare teams into trading up. Um, Going to come back. I want to circle back and hit some of the comments now that we've got the Falcons on the board here. Brennan, for one, he comes in. He says, I hate the take that Bijan is a luxury pick by some people. Brennan, I'm one of those guys. I've, I've used that phrase a lot, actually. He's a franchise changing back, and Patterson is in the last year of his deal. Our offense needs multiple good backs, and Algier and Bijan would be really good. Yes, they would. Yes, they would. Um, my take on that is that the Falcons don't need an elite running back to have an elite running game. Um, they found, you know, Tyler Algier was a fifth round pick. Caleb Huntley, I'm not sure when he was drafted. He may not have even been drafted. He was really good when he was healthy. Cordero Patterson comes in and his career is resurrected when he comes in. Um, I would have liked to have seen Mike Davis get a chance last year instead of two years ago when the, when the offensive line was still in flux and have, cause he, he deserved a better chance than he did that poor guy. <laughs> um, they don't need to spend a number eight to have a really, really good running game of the way that the offense is set up. They've poured a ton into the offensive line that you can get a good running back to have a great running game. Mm-hmm. And when I'm doing these mock drafts and I get into the fourth round and I see half a dozen running backs I really like, to me, it just enforces the idea that I don't need to take a running back at eight. Now, uh, I want to go down here just a little bit. Rob saying hello, hello. Uh, Alan wants Bijan. He says with the eighth pick, the Falcons take, uh, take Bijan. And let me see if there was more in here as well um, coming in here a little bit. But those were the comments I wanted to hit on. The, the, the mock draft from Bucky Brooks has the Falcons then going uh, Lucas Van Ness, edge, 270 pounds. The Dirty Birds desperately need a high-energy pass rusher with inside-outside position flexibility. Van Ness is a talented technician with a nonstop motor and an intriguing set of skills. Yes, he is. He is you've watched him more than anybody, you know, what's, what's his upside over the course of the next decade of his career. Uh, inside outside pass rusher, the guy with the tremendous length, uh, the ability to be isolated. I do think that in your average draft class, he's probably more of a guy who's taken in the teens, uh, to the probably late teens, even for some of them, but because of the position he plays because of the youth, uh, the ascending ability, he's still relatively new to football. He actually hockey was his first love. So mm-hmm. he's definitely a, a ascending player without a doubt. It just and come back to it. And there's the questions about, you know, his f- ability to set the edge in the run, despite his size. Uh, sometimes there's some questions about the, the bend as well out there. So I, if you're getting him, he's definitely a rotational player. who's going to have a role. Is he going to end up being a plus starter in the league? I don't know. Uh, but he's somebody who, again, you're adding a unique versatile uh, weapon and pass rushing guy to that front. That is somebody that not a lot of teams have that height, weight, speed and power and length uh, that you're looking for out there. But 
I think that if it fell the way it is, I'd be more interested in a trade back here than taking Lucas Van Ness. And I'm typically, maybe I'm being guarded because I'm an Iowa fan. So I'm, I'm extra hard on those guys. I'm typically for the people I like more in this kind of situation. I'm tougher on them, which uh, if I ever have any future kids, I'm sorry. And in advance, <laughs> you can clip that one, but uh would be a fine pick here, but I think he's probably one that five picks later, eight picks later, probably makes more sense from where I per- perceive him on his national or his, uh, his annual profile. There's two quarterbacks still left, Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, when it comes down to this. There's teams that are going to want quarterbacks. Now, let me read the next five picks rapid fire here. Peter Skaronsky, nine to the Bears. Philadelphia Eagles, Miles Murphy, 10. 11, Paris Johnson Jr. to the Titans. Will Levis, 12 to the Texans. Dalton Kincaid, tight end to the Packers. Bijan Robinson, um, number 14 to the Patriots. Roderick Jones, 15 to the Jets. Joey Porter Jr., Washington Commanders. Darnell Wright, offensive tackle at 17. And I'm just going to skip down to number 20, Nolan Smith, Seattle Seahawks. I'd be pretty happy with about what I just named, 15 guys, 14 guys. I'd be Mm -hmm. pretty happy with about 12 of those in the teens. As much as I would, for the most part, Lucas Van Ness. So what does that tell me? Trade down golly call the titans what do you want you guys have a a really great relationship you've been doing business for two years come on up to eight we'll instead of a second we'll take a third and next year's third um and and we'll come down to where is he at at 12 we'll come down to 12 i might trade down again nick i might try and trade down again and see who wants uh, has has fallen in love with one of these players. Pick up another third rounder, another second rounder. Come down to sixteen and take Nolan Smith, and then have four picks between forty and seventy-five. Yes, please. Yes, please. Yeah. Um, the trade down option looks so good on this. I just think when you're going on tiers, like we've talked about. The top seven that have gone, the top five positional players, I do. I think there's a, a drop-off after Devin Witherspoon. So after that, there's a it's flat. The line of guys from six to 20, It's when I'm talking about grades, think of it like a Madden game. I've got a, a rating on these guys. This guy's a 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 89, I can take any one of those guys and see where they fit. So if that's the case, man, trade down and 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 he says i feel like a third rounder isn't good enough make you fumble i'm, I'm just spitballing here i'd, I'd want to look at the board and again maybe maybe if i come down from eight to 12 i can get two second rounders maybe i can get a, a second rounder in next year's fourth um something along those lines but i i just i th- this this draft just screams trade down to me and not for the reasons why I've said in the past, which is the Falcons have so many holes, they need as many freaking draft picks as they can get. For me, it's about the draft itself, where there's a steady level of player, and the Falcons can use any one of them in different positions. Yep. Trade down, man. Trade down. Yep, and with the way the board fell on this one, I would probably, if you had to stay there, I would probably take Skronsky, just a plug-and-play plus player on the offensive line, and it sounds like there's going to be a massive run on offensive line. There's just not enough good offensive line in the NFL. I know that he's probably projects as a left guard for year one, but in this draft class, hitting a solid double there and turning that offensive line from like good to incredible, giving yourself an avenue at center, 
giving yourself an avenue at both tackle positions in the forward and in the future. I mean, Jake Matthews is somebody who might be moving on from the next two years. Uh, Caleb McGeary, you paid him like you didn't love him. You paid him like you're happy to have him back, but you didn't love him. Uh, so having somebody like that and you want to talk about improving the running game uh, for them. Well, guess what? You could take Peter Skronsky here and then take a running back in the third and your running game is going to be greatly improved uh, by doing so. So we'll see uh, Ryan Adonis coming in. If a quarterback drops to eight and you get a chance to trade down, you know, a team will pay a lot for it. I also think a team might pay a lot to go up and start that tackle run as well. Uh, somebody, the bears there are sitting there and they're taking a tackle. Uh, it sounds like the bears are like full, full fledged tackle there. And you have the jets. I know they've been trade happy, but guess what jets now is the time you have to go for it with Aaron Rodgers. How long do you have uh, jets? Maybe come up for a quarterback. The Patriots have been linked, excuse me, not a quarterback. Uh, the jets may come up for a tackle. The Patriots, have been linked to a tackle. Uh, they're a team that could move up. The Titans, quarterback, uh, tackle as well as possible. The uh, Pittsburgh Steelers might get a little tackle happy. They really want to go up for a guy as well. So uh, tackle and quarterback make it really intriguing there with that eighth overall pick just to get ahead of the the Bears and see what quarterbacks fall. Right, and the, and the difference is, is those guys have targeted needs at specific positions where the Falcons, again, I've, I've, made the, I've made the argument before that the Falcons could use a plus player at any position. Um, you know, depending on Akuda, the corners look okay, but they're Akuda's on a one-year deal and has battled injuries. Mm -hmm. Um, you talk about defensive line. You can never have enough defensive linemen, uh, interior defensive line looks, looks pretty good right now, but those guys are now old. They, mm -hmm. the, the defensive line went from young and Grady Jarrett to older and good, but, but old edge, come on. You, you, I don't care who there is at edge. You can use as many edge rushers as possible until you start getting sacks that aren't putrid. You know, the, the numbers have been putrid the last two years. Then we can start talking about not having enough edge players. Offensive line, yeah, I, I need a left guard. I need some more com competition at center. Um, wide receiver, yep, I need a wide receiver. Let's say we get in the teens in Jackson Smith uh, and Jigba. Okay, I, I can live with that at 15, 16. I don't want it at eight. But if I got another second round pick out of it, absolutely. Um, tight end, sure. I could use another, you know, pass catching, blocking inline tight end as a weapon in this offense. Quarterback. Yeah. I mean, if, <laughs> if I'm trading down, though, I'm feeling pretty good about my quarterback position. Running back. Sure. Absolutely. We've made the argument for running back. And if I can go down to 14 and get B. John Robinson and pick up another second rounder and change. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Without a doubt. So, yeah. man, trade down. And somebody that I just wanted to give a shout out to that's going pick 18 overall in this mock that if you traded down, I think would be an interesting option is also Deontay Banks. Uh, I think he's, I mean, he's a lesser version of Christian Gonzalez across the board, but he's maybe got a little bit more dog in him. Um, physical player out there, press. Uh, he's very confident. Uh, I think he's a very fun player uh, as well. So somebody we didn't mention there, but I think Deontay Banks is, I have him above Joey Porter Jr. I think Joey Porter Jr.'s twitch and lack of ball skills and, how handsy he is uh, beyond the, you know, five, 10 yards is something that concerns me great. He's a very specific type of corner. Um, and I don't know if I, I'd rather have the more versatile guy in Deontay Banks. He's somebody that uh, I think if there was a trade down, he's at least worth mentioning. <laughs> Tyler Eccles is, uh, he says, I have faith in the, all the world that, that Terry Fontenot is going to be on his Kevin Costner game, you know, from, uh, from draft day. Well, we'll see if, uh, we'll see if uh, the Panthers take, Vontez Mack, if they end up going Will Anderson number one, we'll know somebody's playing that game. Um, 
you mentioned some of those teams and what they might do. And I'm going to round up the top 10 here because that's what we're going to do tomorrow night. Nick and I will be on this channel live on the top 10. Uh, and real quick, just um, if you're on Apple Pods, I'm going to drop the link in the chat real quick. Go give us a review. It helps us out a ton over there on Alpha, Alpha Pods. Uh, Alpha Pods. Yeah, we're the Alpha Pods. Um, on Apple Podcasts, the link's there. Just take a couple seconds and give us a, a at least a, a star rating, if not a, a full-on review. It helps us out a ton uh, as the audio side of the podcast that we, that we release after the fact is really starting to gain some traction because of folks like you helping us out. Um, you mentioned number nine, Peter Skaronsky to the Bears, and the Miles Murphy edge uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, I said it the very first time that what, where does Bijan Robinson make the most sense? It makes sense to a team that is a player away from winning a Super Bowl, Philadelphia Eagles, but it's just not going to work. It's just, they just say that, that that he is such a money ball. The general manager with the Eagles is such a money ball guy that there is no way, no way they, they make that trade. I heard a stat the other day. I think it was from Bucky Brooks even mentioned it, uh, that this is Howie Roseman's 15th draft as the general manager of the Eagles. And they have only ever taken four positions in the first round, the entirety of the time he's been drafting their quarterback. Wait, guess. Did, I don't think it's cornerback, wide receiver, edge. Did they take a quarterback? And in 15 years, they would have Carson Wentz. They took Carson Wentz. They've never taken a cornerback. Okay. Uh, and an offensive high. tackle? Offensive tackle, yeah. uh, defensive line, uh, wide receiver, and quarterback. So they are very much a money ball position. Maybe things change right now because of the Jalen Hurts and the situation that you are, especially in the lack of stars, quarterback stars, NFC right now. Maybe that changes, but I just can't see them. I think they're going to sit there and take the best offensive lineman or the best defensive lineman available and go for it. Whether that be Skronsky, whether it be Paris Johnson Jr., Lucas Van Ness, uh, just trade back maybe as well, but I just can't see them not taking the best offensive lineman slash best defensive lineman available. Jason Kelsey is going to retire here soon. Jake Matthew, or excuse me, um, Lane Johnson has talked about retiring here at some point. You got Brandon Graham, who's a little bit older out there. Uh, so we'll see what happens on the NFL. Twitchy tweaker is a compliment. Yeah, that's a, uh, you know, you want you want to play a little bit with a twitchy tweaker sometimes. But yeah, the Eagles, um, I can't, I can't see them not going a trench oriented position. Right. You know, and, and move back some, and and you know, Bijan makes a lot of sense in that spot. Um, like I said, we'll find out just how bad, how much the position has been devalued in this mm -hmm. draft. We'll get a pretty good idea now. A couple questions in here as we look down the backside of this draft. Here we're about a couple more minutes, so we want to hit some of the bigger surprises. Will Levis at twelve to the Texans? Can the Texans wait until twelve to take Will Levis? I think you could see them. I could see them move up from 12. Apparently they love him. Uh, we'll see. I, I think you, I don't know if your Titans uh, fan cover friend is in here as well, but I mean, Titans at 11 might also take him. So it's just, there's so many names with teams with quarterbacks. They got to come off the board somewhere. I mean, Anthony Richardson falling all the way to 22 here in this one. That as was well. my next one. See, I don't yeah. think, I don't think Levis gets past the Colts at four. Probably not. If anybody's going to fall right now. Who does it look like it's going to be? seems like it'll be, ah, uh, there's some Stroud talk as well. I don't Stroud. know. Yeah, it, it seems like, like it'll be Stroud. Yeah. Not even Richardson. Richardson's been a little bit more of a wild card, but we've had Stroud going first three for months. Mm -hmm. Months. Yep. Yeah. It's... That if anybody's going to fall right now, it's probably going to be CJ Stroud. Um, so we'll see. But the the one the other one on here that really 
got me from Bucky was Anthony Richardson to the Baltimore Ravens. Um, he says adding a developmental dual threat with superstar potential gives Baltimore a solid insurance policy behind Lamar Jackson. If the former MVP signs a short-term deal or refuses to return to the team, the Ravens have an explosive option in the bullpen waiting to take over the squad. Okay. Not a 22. (laughs) It ain't going to happen, man. I just, I cannot see Richardson falling that far, even though maybe he should, even though maybe he should be, that's probably about where he should be based on all the discussions we've already had and the questions around him. Typically, if you take a guy in the top 10, you want him to be able to play sooner than you could trust this guy to play. Yeah. It'll certainly be interesting to see what happens with quarterbacks. We don't know what's happening in this draft. I've seen a lot of people who cover the team with sources. Like, the more we hear, the less we know. So it's going to be a very wild one. We have Kevin Mapp saying Colts are taking Levis. Maybe. Maybe they need to stock up on mayonnaise for their coffee out there in Indianapolis. Who knows? I think he also eats bananas with the peels on. He's He's an interesting dude. Uh, but the one pick again, this is kind of a little bit, this may be a little bit more boring shows where my head is at Scott. Um, surprise the first round picks here. Haven't seen this happen very much, but here it is. Steve Avila going 26 overall to the Cowboys. He's somebody who I'm, I don't want to say infatuated with, but he's probably my favorite player for the Broncos in a trade up situation because of his center ability and steadiness. I know the Cowboys really like him and it sounds like Jerry Jones really wants a, a plug and play guy. Cause he doesn't have, you know, he's a little bit older and he wants those Cowboys to win another super bowl, uh, before he is, um, obviously out the door there. So it will be interesting, but Steve Vila makes some sense there for the Cowboys. I've heard they're pretty infatuated with him and I have not seen him mocked in the first round too much. Uh, but here he is in this one. I take him a lot for the Falcons with their second, with their second pick yeah. in the second round. He's there typically when we do mock drafts and I take him just about every time. Uh, mm-hmm. plug and play at that left guard position that is a bit of a hole right now but you know last year for Falcons fans you know I had very big concerns about left guard that got settled got some good play there center was a question it was still a weakness for most of the season and then Dalman really played well the the, the back started with really against the Bears he stepped it up and, and played well we knew right guard one of the biggest revelations on this team was the improvement of, of Caleb McGarry so can Jalen Mayfield, which will be his third year as a pro, can he step up to be a competent left guard? That's all you're looking for. I, I'm not saying he needs to be a superstar. Can he be a competent pro at left guard, uh, him or Hennessy? I'm a show me guy. Until I see it, I'm going to say they need to go, need to, you need to bring in a left guard. <laughs> but Brennan comes in, he says, and this will be a good question for you, Nick. Thoughts on Devin Witherspoon versus Christian Gonzalez? Somehow both are there. Who are you taking for the Falcons? I think of Gonzalez as a little bit better in coverage, um, a little bit rangier. And I think of Witherspoon as a guy who is a little bit more physical. And for corners, call it the Deion Sanders bias versus Rod Woodson. Their first job is to cover guys. And I, I want Gonzalez more because I want him locking down. I think he's a little bit better in coverage. So I would go Gonzalez first. And I would worry about getting after the passer uh, would, would be the, as opposed to having a little bit more physical ability uh, at the corner position. Yeah, it's a, it's an athlete's position and Gonzalez is bigger, faster, stronger, more explosive. Uh, He's the guy I would go with if I had a choice between the two. Um, Now, granted, I haven't sat down and talked with both of them. Maybe the Weatherspoon, the way he's wired and everything, you know, about his personality stands out so much versus Gonzalez. Like I got, I'm not going to bet against that guy. 
kind of thing because the intangibles, if it's close and it, these both are very good prospects, uh, then something like that can make the difference. But from where I sit, I think you got to go with the better man coverage upside player with more uh, size and just overall athleticism in Gonzalez. And that's that's where I am too on that one. Just uh, again, he, he's a better, you know, the term cover corner is should be a you know redundant from the departmency of redundancy mm-hmm. department, but it, it is a little bit of a difference. And, and if you grew up in the era that I did, the two guys were Rod Woodson and Deion Sanders, and they were different. You know, they, Rod Woodson was a guy that could go over to safety and be right at home there. Where Dion was a, I'll tackle if I have to, but otherwise this guy's not getting the ball. That was yeah. that was what he did, and he was the best ever at it for my money. Now, if you're going to play that way, you got to be Dion Sanders. <laughs> yeah. But he was the best ever as far as covering guys, and for for my money, uh, Cody coming in, he says. You know, in the trade down scenarios, you could trade down and take Johnson, wide receiver, get back in the first with some of those picks you you traded back, and and get um, Joey Porter Jr. another solid corner earlier in the second. This is a deep draft for cornerbacks. You know, um, to have more picks like that, you should be able to get. Maybe I can get Julius Brent's high second round, or you know, sneak in there. He's a he is a very intriguing prospect. This when I start looking at guys that are available when I'm mocking and I get into the to the second and third round guys that I see that I like a lot running backs, cornerbacks, tight ends. Mm-hmm. Yep. Those are the positions uh, with a lot of talent out there. I think you have a good run on uh, wide receivers there as well. Third round, uh, fourth round, there's going to be some intriguing players for the uh, Falcons. If they want to add some specifically speed, <laughs> probably not so much size, but uh, some speed options there. So there should be somebody uh, with an option there and yeah, they could, Cody sets up an interesting scenario. If you move around, uh, there's a innumerable uh, options that you can go with in the draft if you're going to play the hop around the board game. On that note, we're at right at an hour, and uh, we will be back tomorrow. So we're going to cut it short. We appreciate everybody here. Uh, appreciate everybody being here today. There are some questions in here that we didn't get to, some off-topic questions I know. Uh, hit us up in the chat. I'll, uh, I'll be happy to follow up with those. Hit us up on uh, YouTube comments. I'm there a little bit more often. YouTube just makes it easier to uh, to engage in the community. Um, so, and Kevin Maps says, Mayfield, you funny, Scott. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, man. You know, it's like, you really need a left guard. Well, maybe they've got it. Maybe Mayfield ends up being it. Maybe Hennessy takes that big step. I don't feel it. I, I feel like you need a left guard. The, the Falcons need a left guard coming into, uh, into August this year. Um. But on that note, we are going to get out of here. We're going to double dip again. We're going to be back Thursday morning right here. We will run a final mock draft before the draft. We will be live 8 o'clock p.m. on Thursday evening, and then we will be live Friday morning at 9 a.m. for a reaction. So it's going to be a busy week because it's a busy week. It's an important week. Appreciate y'all being here. Um, Wouldn't want to do it without you. It'd be kind of boring. Mm -hmm. So thanks for being here. If you're if you're uh, watching after the fact or you're listening to us on pods, you know make sure you hit that subscribe button. And again, I mentioned I put the link in there. Hit us up on Apple Pods and give us a review. That helps us a a ton. I can't tell you how much that helps us. So please do. On that note, Nick, I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you tomorrow morning. It's going to be a fun one. We are what 36 hours away or something. So we'll be fun. Excited to view it. And uh, God, I'm going to have to uh, shout out to Patrick. We need some more coffee for this upcoming weekend. 
All right, y'all. Thanks, everybody, for being here. And we will see you bright and early, 9 a.m. Uh, as our pre-draft primer before the first round finally gets kicked off and we can stop the speculation and we can just get into the analyzing, which is, oh, they're both fun. Who are we kidding? On that note, thanks for being here. We'll see you Thursday morning.